0: Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. I'm your host today, Amy Hills, and my day job is as the Director of Strategy, Government and Industry with Tourism Tasmania. Talking Tourism is the podcast series especially for tourism operators and tourism professionals. It's an initiative of the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, the peak industry body for tourism in our beautiful state. And today's episode is supported by the Tasmanian Government. It's all part of a series of podcasts being released every fortnight through COVID 19 Emergency to keep Tasmanian tourism operators up to date with the latest news and developments in our industry, and also the support and assistance being made available by the state and federal governments along with industry authorities. In today's episode, I'm talking with David Inches. David is joining us today from North Queensland, but he's known to many of you having worked with a number of Tasmanian products and experiences. David has had a 20-year-long career across marketing, strategy and innovation, and specialises in branding, marketing strategy and business development. He's here with us today to start a conversation around how Tasmanian tourism and hospitality businesses can start using the time that they currently have to prepare for a future, a future where travel restrictions will ease. Welcome, David. Hey, how are you doing? Really well. How are you doing?
1: Excellent. Yeah, couldn't be better.
0: Now, you're joining us from North Queensland, but I understand you've had a strong history and affiliation with Tassie. For those of us who don't know you as well, can you take us through your background and and what you've been involved with?
1: Thanks, Amy. I'm Tassie born and bred. So I was uh, born in Hobart and uh, grew up on Tranmere. And uh, it wasn't until 2010 that I left uh, Hobart Shores for Cairns with the family. So we've been up here for 10 years now and um i'd be back in tassie i'd say at least four six times minimum a year and um for projects whether it be with um with different businesses or organizations or whether it's the government or the, or the rtos or industry um but yeah I'm, I'm back a lot which is great because uh, I, I do love hobart and i've loved watching it evolve over the last you know 10 years in particular since i've i've been gone and um you know Tasmania leads the way, so it's it's just great for me. I, I do work all over Australia, from Broome to to Darwin to um out to Perth and a lot here on the on the eastern seaboard. But um, I can proudly put Tasmania up as the benchmark in tourism without question uh, in in the current. Yeah, over the last ten years. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm a Tassie boy, but uh, I've just got a Queensland address.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I know you've been doing some thinking. Uh, you have your own business, and you've been doing some thinking around what you can use your time doing right now for your own business. But importantly, uh, some tips uh, and tricks and checklists for other businesses. And you've. And I've been reading a little bit about what you've been talking about, and you're talking about this. Being given this rare resource of time, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, we're all pretty busy, aren't we? Um, particularly small business in tourism, and um, you know, I sort of work in the engine room, so I understand how the um, small business tourism—they're everything. They wear every hat there is, so uh, they run really lean. They're tight. They do the marketing. They, they do the payroll. They do the um the operations and they fix things when they're broken. So, you know, tourism, um I, I work across all industries and you know, tourism clients are, are the busiest people I work with. So it's, it's pretty rare. We've all um, been given a bit of forced leave at the moment. So it is really – it's it's very rare for all of us, I think, to be able to stop and, and breathe a little bit. I, I think the last month, me included, has been more focused on how do I get through this and how do I structure my business and uh, what funding and support can I get and how do I look after my staff and my finances. So, But I'm starting to feel now from conversations I'm having that – People are starting to free their minds up a little bit from that as the government's released different different packages and we've got clarity and people are now starting to turn to, well, I do have some time and the garden's looking immaculate. So uh, maybe maybe it's time to turn my eyes back to the business and say, well, what can I do with this rare commodity of time mm. between now and the, um, the inevitable return to operation, whatever that is?
0: Well, let's get into that a little bit with some concrete um, things that you could suggest uh, for people that they could be doing right now. Um, I've been reading a little bit through your blog and and it starts with education. What can businesses be doing now to educate themselves to prepare for an eventual return?
1: Yeah, I think um, I read a stat recently that 89% of small to medium business see a marketing plan as one of the top two key success factors. and 76 percent of businesses operate without a marketing plan um and that that was a general small business but i i I would suggest it's pretty pretty clear in tourism as well so if you want to start with the broadest context now is an opportunity for us to uh, either revisit our marketing strategies and our plans or or create one and at, at the center of um you know every marketing planning process the first thing I like to do is, is to take a breath and look back at my business over the last 12 months. So dig into your data, dig into your RESDI or your, your, your booking system, you know, book or whatever it is, and just, just get some clarity. Most people have a gut feeling, but get clarity month by month in the last year of normal operation. Where did your customers come from? Um, you know, by place of origin, by leisure versus corporate um what booking channels did they use so the first thing i like to do is just just to um get the data out crunch it and have a look at the current state of my business do i have a database how many are in there how many facebook followers do i have what about on instagram um and um get a bit of you know, how many website visitors um get a bit of state of the play in terms of where my business has been at for the last year some of that might surprise you and then i have a look at well let's have a look at now at the visitation to the region So we get a bit of a a rough market share. So, um, you know, the region might have a certain percentage of Chinese or domestic uh, local travelers or et cetera. So you just get a bit of a state of play of your business and uh, a look at the market. And I think that's a really good place to start setting some goals. Um, And of course, we'll get on too soon. You know, the, the market opportunity for the next 12 months is going to be different. So that's where we need to start looking at, well, if this is what the state of play has been in normal business, uh, there are some things. Let, let, let's have a look at what the next twelve months looks like, and that's where the customer comes to the centre of our conversation, and and should remain there. Mm. Uh, but but uh, yeah,
0: so we might delve into that customer experience a little bit more in a second. But we've mm. done. Say we're a, we're a business owner. We've done exactly what you've suggested, which is delve a little bit deeper. Look at the last twelve months. Mm. What now?
1: Now it's time to start thinking about the customer for the next, say, 12 months. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's hard to predict when things will kick off, but I don't think that matters for the minute. It's it's about understanding that as restrictions start to release, the, the visitor closest to us will have the most freedom as the first opportunity. So Tasmanians will be the first customer group or the first market, if you like, that we have as an opportunity to present our businesses to. and And then that'll open up to interstate. Uh, travellers. And, you know, for myself, I I wouldn't look any further than that for the time being. So I'd start to, we need to frame a way as to how do we start looking at the Tasmanian opportunity? How do we start looking then at the interstate opportunity? And more importantly, who are we targeting? Because um, you know some of the travellers that have been touring around Tasmania in the past, you know they might have different buying reasons, different needs to what our local market's looking for. And I know that I'm here in the proximity with five teenagers and my beautiful fiance, and you know we're having a great time up here in North Queensland. But. Um, you know, we're going to be looking for, um, you know, a romantic weekend away, you know, straight off the bat. And, and then we'll be looking for adventure weekends. We love wildlife and, and we love nature and we love walking. So we'll look for a bit of an adventure weekend away. And, you know, we love our food. So, um, you know, I'm sure a bit of a foodie weekend will come in there as well. So it's, it's really about understanding if we're looking at the local market, um, which customer segments out there, and I'm not, I'm not talking about life stage, I mean, I can be an adventurer at 65 or 25. I can be a foodie at at different age brackets. I I, I can be, um, I can want a romantic uh, weekend away. If I have a family, I've just got to get a babysitter. So it's not so much about looking customers in terms of how old we are, whether we have kids or not. It's about saying what type of holidays, what type of escapes are the Tasmanian market going to be looking for? And then in terms of my business, which ones do I think that with my current product that I have the best shot at putting a compelling story in front of them to connect them? Mm.
0: And what does a compelling story look like?
1: It's, it's all about putting yourself in the, in the minds of the customer. So, um, you know, branding, you often branding and brand strategy, and we, we can confuse that with our logo. Um, and a logo is just a visual mark, but um, our brand is our story. So, if I said Nike, Um, I will have a story of Nike, and it might be around um, sports performance and professionalism and achievement, but maybe it's all around um, sweatshops in, in certain parts of the world as well. So a brand is what people think and see of us, and we can influence that by the story we tell when they go to the website or when they jump and follow us on social media. So it's really clear to understand who we are. Um, and what story, what experience we're offering the customer. And we, we need to match that story with what they're looking for, not what we like about it or what we get the most joy out of. So it's it's about saying if we're looking at romantic weekends, and you probably saw my blog that the Dirty Weekend could save the tourism industry. And um, if we're looking at romantics, well, um, you know, what, what is it that a romantic couple is looking for in terms of a weekend away? And what have we got in our toolkit of experience that we can put in front of them that is the most compelling? What story can we present to them Um, so that when they look at three or four options that we come out on top? And, And then you can have a look at maybe what can we add? You know, how can we evolve our product? in in the short term or maybe it's the longer term to get a greater share of this market. Mm.
0: And I know in terms of building this story, you also have some tips around really concrete things that businesses could be doing now in their uh, visual library, on their websites to refresh some of their content.
1: Absolutely. And and, and the key, the first thing is to make sure you understand the customer, Mm. to make sure you understand what they're after. Mm -hmm. Talk to your friends. I mean, you'll instinctively know a lot of it. But sit down to the customer's shoes and say, what are the top three things they're looking for? If, if I'm heading out on a romantic weekend away, what are the things I'm after? Privacy and intimacy and seclusion. And um, is that what market
0: research can look like, just going and asking a few of those Tasmanians that you know?
1: You bet, mm. particularly for the local market. Mm. Talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. If you're heading away for an adventurous weekend or a foodie weekend or a romantic weekend, and of course, you know, sometimes it's all three, um, but there's always a lead purchase driver. Um, so if I'm away from a a romantic weekend, that is my lead decision-making. And if I can go for a walk and have a nice dinner, that's all part of it. But the dinner will need to be in a, in a restaurant with a private romantic setting. Um, it'll, it'll all come back to that top one. So yeah, just speak to your, speak to your friends that you think are likely to be in that category and ask them what they're looking for. Um, and then you can look, um, and then it's, well, I know what the customer wants, I've, I've written down, and you need to write it down, just write some, some notes. If you were writing a story to present to someone about why they should come and spend a romantic weekend or an adventurous weekend with you, mm-hmm. whether it's a tour or accommodation, what story would you tell them? Um, and then we need to project that story. So we need to go into our website and have a think about uh, our social media. And if we're doing things with our database, it often sits there. Now's the time to, to use it. Um, what photography? is going to project that image of a romantic or an adventurous weekend. What is the the lead heading that, that sort of captures our most unique selling point that we can put out there to entice and uh, you know, uh, catch into their emotions? And, and then with a our, our written copy, at the moment it might be the, the words in our website and on the homepage might be more about if you're touring Tasmania, you know, you need to come and stay with us for these reasons. Well, locals have been and done a lot of things. And if you're after a romantic weekend as one segment, you're probably not looking to do an awful lot. Um, so, uh, it's about how do we rewrite the story for that segment? And on your website, you might decide to have, you know, packages is, is, is the language you probably use from years gone by. What is my compelling story? My promise is my photography, right? Is my message, right? Is my customer experience, right? And my pricing, and we should talk about that later too, is mm. is my, my value, my value, right? Mm. For that segment. And some businesses will say, well, I can, I can target the romantic segment, but you know what? There are a bunch of friends who want to get away and my business is perfect for three or four couples to come. So you might have another offer which you have for your couples and your friends but you need to make sure again that your photography is representing and your messages and your package and your offer and the value is representing what that customer is actually looking for.
0: Mm. And then what about the targeting, the communicating of that content then during this time? How do people go about that?
1: being being a local audience it's not hard to reach them and it, it depends on their age group is 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 the one thing where life stage really does come into it because the older the audience get um you know the less usage they have of social media uh, there are still strong social media users of all age groups but the the data does drop off as you get older so if you're targeting younger uh, weekends away and your value proposition and, you know, what you're putting forward is, is better targeted to a younger traveller. Um, really, as long as long as your website is – your website is the end to everything. So it doesn't matter what channel you're promoting in, people are coming back to your website. So you must have your website squeaky clean and, and structured first. Please don't invest in things that point people to your website, but your website's still got your old message. Mm. So the first thing is is to make sure your website, at the which is the end of the road for everything, is, is where you need that to be. And, and the Australian Tourism Data Warehouse, um, make sure your listing is up to date on that with the right content as well. Because people will go on to discover Tasmania, even locals to look for deals. And then in terms of the younger they are, the more digital heavy you will be. So um, really, if, if I was targeting a younger uh, market, I, I wouldn't do anything but, but social media. Mm. And, um, you know, with, with, with paid Facebook and Instagram, Communications with YouTube pre-roll ads—you can really hit that that market, and you can saturate it in Tasmania pretty quickly. When I say saturate, you don't want to be in people's face too much. You can do a bit of retargeting using the Facebook pixel for people who've been to your website. You can then follow them a little bit on their Facebook page. So um, when you get into families, same sort of thing. Families are very heavy users still. Um, more females than males um, in terms of the, the, the digital and the social channels. The older your market, the more effective your database becomes. It's it's effective for all. But um, while there are users of Facebook particular when you get above 50 plus, Instagram drops off quite significantly when you're above 50 plus. Um, so you, you need to look at other mediums. So a database of past guests is, is a wonderful resource. And it often sits there and, and we don't use it because we're not often targeting our local market all the time. We're very focused on international and and, um, and and domestic. So I'd be dusting off your database. I'd I'd look at MailChimp or if you're using a Wix website, there's some tools in there. And I'd certainly be um, putting all of your offers in that e-news, but um, you'll find that 50 plus will respond better to your database marketing out of, out of any of your segments. Mm. It, 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 mm.
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: Now, and in terms of the, you know, things like television, print and all those sorts of things, they're very expensive. You can't measure them. It really is a bit of a long haul. So um, I've got a client up here, for example, Coral Expeditions, and they target, they, they operate around Tassie actually as well. They specifically target the really 65, 70 plus. And their main marketing tool is their database. It's 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 dominant, mm. and you know, and they'll also try and do a little bit in the local press and things like that. It's I, I'd like to see everybody working with their region to get a bit of local press. So if you're on the west coast, um, I'm I'm sure that you know the tourism organisations will also do a bit of work, whether it's Tom Wooten up in um, yeah, North X West or whether it's um, Anthony Brown down on the west itself you know to sort of pull people together as a region and, and and go to their local paper and say to the advocate to the mercury to say you know we've come together and you know we've got a great story to tell about coming to the east the west the you know the, the north of tasmania as well
0: absolutely and i and i think that we will see some of that movement in in the in the coming months I wanted, yep. before we finish up, because there's there's so much to unpack here, and I know before we finish, we'll, we'll talk about some ongoing um, support and mentoring that you can give in this space, but this element of pricing that you foreshadowed before and the value proposition, mm. can you unpack that for us?
1: People are looking for value. We're looking for things that are, uh, are different and unique, and the easiest thing to do is drop our price. It's a local market. Let's drop our price. Um and then the market begins to expect it, they begin to demand it all year round, and it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that if I don't get a local's price drop, I'm not going to go. But And there are certain businesses out there, and they're sort of, you know, price is their positioning, and and if they're price leaders, that's fine. But most of us in the tourism industry are differentiated. Uh, is how we gain our competitive advantage through difference. So the best thing we can do, instead of looking at our price, dropping it, yes, we might want a, a competitive price, um, but we don't want to you know, really cut, cut the guts out of our price. We'd better off to add value. So um, is it three nights for two is an easy one. If it's the romance market, is it a credit in the restaurant if we have that? Um, is it the fact that we can bring a, you know, the third person for half price or, um, is, is it things in the room of indulgent touches? Is that, um, a credit with another, if you don't have a restaurant, maybe it's a credit with another restaurant. Maybe it's a few dollars you can throw it in to pay with the babysitter. Um, so it's, it's better to build in value because one, it'll differentiate yourself from everybody else who's just dropping price. And I think particularly as we emerge out of this, um, people that are willing to travel are going to feel that they deserve to spoil themselves a little bit, they deserve a bit of a break. We're all, we are all have the shackles on at the moment. So I think people are going to be more attracted to offers of great value and difference, um, things that can heighten their experience rather than just a price drop. Uh, it's pretty hard to get back up from a price drop once you've set that expectation. And as I mentioned, it will give you a point of difference, which when someone's looking at four and five different places or destinations, uh, if everyone looks the same, it's not hard to sort of pop your head out and say, hey, you know, I'm, I know what you want, I've thought it through. And I, and I mentioned in one of my blogs that it could be um, as simple as adding value with the things I just mentioned. Or maybe you've been thinking about putting that outdoor bath, if, if you're that type of product that it would suit to, or the outdoor fire pit, or that, or that destination for sundowner drinks that you've been meaning to do that you know will be the wow photo that will blow everybody away. You know, maybe it's time to invest in some of those things to attack, uh, to, to attract different markets as well. Mm. But it's all about differentiation and delivering value rather than dropping your price and your margins.
0: Thanks. There's so many really handy practical tips there that businesses could certainly be doing now, as as you highlight. Just before we wrap up, this isn't a finished conversation because we could extrapolate this for, for days, but businesses aren't on their own, are they, David? There's there's help out there to help them work through these issues.
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, that's the thing I love about it. I work in over 15 different industries, and tourism is the top of my list. So um, just because of the sort of people we all are, you know, I'm a tourism man, um, but I, I, I've extended my business. So th- there's a there's a lot of help out there. And um, there's a lot of people, a lot of professionals, um, you know, giving away their time. There's a lot of content out there, um, you know, whether it's, you know, following my blog or jumping on my email subscription list, you um, or whether it's, um, you know, going to your STO uh, or your RTO, there are just so many resources out there. And pretty much anything you Google, you'll find an answer to. Mm. So I've spent a lot of time, and I I always have and always do, but particularly the last two or three weeks, I've been setting up an online marketing planning portal for my business, which um, which will come out in the next month or so. But it's um i've learned a lot and there's nothing i ha- no questions i've had that haven't been answered for me by reading someone's blog watching someone's explain a video um, giving my um, rto a call calling another colleague who i think might have some skills in this area that i don't um, everybody's willing to share and um, there's there's an abundance of, of of resource out there and i encourage anybody if, if, if you if you've got a question if you want to get in touch with me to have a chat, flick me an email, send me a Facebook message. You know, I'm always here to help. My, My door is always open. It's always been my policy. So, um, yeah, I think if you reach out and ask questions, uh, people will be very happy to help you. Mm. It's a great industry.
0: I understand that you'll certainly be available and we'll be seeing more of you as the next few weeks go in terms of your involvement with the TICT and we can certainly do another podcast as well.
1: I'm here anytime you need me.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for those, uh, you know, excellent tips and tricks and we'll certainly continue the conversation and thank you for joining us, David.
1: That's great. Thanks, Amy.
0: You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.